Welcome to Canny Cross Conversations with me, Michelle. And me, Louise, talking all things dogs, running and canny sports. This episode is sponsored by the Get Stronger Run a Faster 5K course. It's great for canny crossers and runners to improve their 5K time and keep up with their dogs. So this week on Canny Cross Conversations, we talked to Peter House from Devon Howlers. So in our, our little series on the Canny Cross events that, or Canny Sports events that go happen around the UK. Um, so it was really interesting, wasn't it, Michelle, to talk about it. And the big thing that came out of it again was it was about the dogs. Not necessarily competitive, although there are some competitive people that go to the events, but, um, but they have a little niche as well, don't they? With the rigs, yeah, they do. They do all kinds of canny sports there. So rigs, um, scooter, bike, and canny cross. Um, there's really is something for everyone. And what came across to me was that Peter's very open to you know for you, for you to get in touch with him if you've got any concerns about anything, um, and he'll he'll help you out. It sounds a really relaxed, fun event. Yeah, I think I think you're right, and the, and the fact you can get some training. So I know um, that a few people I know have been down there and done training sessions on the bike, and he he talked about doing training sessions for starting racing and stuff like that. Which actually, yeah, so if you've never raced before and you're wondering, you know, what the start is like, or you don't know how your dog's going to react, Peter offers training sessions to do just that, which is fantastic. I mean, what a great way to get people into the sport. Yeah, and also it's not just for the human, is it? It's for the dogs as well, yeah. getting used to it, because the dogs do get quite excited once they know what they're doing. So uh, as I've noticed, Pickle, through the seasons, getting sort of more het up, not het up, but excited about doing it. So go and have a listen. Um, and if you've got any comps, uh, any questions, then Peter's happy to answer. And all the information is in the show notes below. Hello, welcome to this episode of Canny Cross Conversations. Today we are joined by Peter House, who is the alpha of Devon Howlers. Hi, Peter. Hi, hi. Thanks for joining us. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all? Yeah, um, my name is Peter House. Um, I've been running Devon Howlers for five seasons, I think it is now, with COVID in there as well, obviously. Um, (laughs) I did. (laughs) Yeah, don't even get to start about COVID. Um, <laughs> I didn't actually start a canny cross. Um, I've always been on to my mountain bikes and I used to have a shelter cross collie that I used to go out riding. She used to be a beautiful, brilliant trail dog. Um, and from her, I went and got myself um, a German Shepherd who was completely different. <laughs> um, I still wanted to go mountain biking. But she had such a high prey drive that I couldn't ride her with the bike. So I had this brainwave of connecting her to my mountain bike and going out that way. And it turned out probably a year and a half later, I actually realised that it was a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you hadn't invented it, you mean? (laughs) I gutted, to be honest. I I had a train lead on her and, you know, just a harness and everything and yeah when I actually found out it was a thing and looked into it um yeah it it, it then took me down the road of um getting into the sport um a local club uh business 
that used to do mountain bike races down at a place called Noonan Park, um, they actually put on a canicross stroke bike draw event. And I was like, ah, great. Because I've done a couple of their races and I thought, I'll go down there and give that a go. So I went down there, brilliant turnout, amazing atmosphere. Um, We went down, took part, had a great time, Um, did a couple more of them. And they basically turned around and said they were going to run a a season of it. So we were like, great. I mean, we are not competitive at all. We are probably (laughs) the least competitive people you can meet. We just enjoy doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, unfortunately, because their numbers dropped after doing, I think it was their third one, they just turned and said, look, it's financially not viable for us to do it. So we're going to knock it on the head. And I might have made a comment on their post saying this is a real shame. <laughs> um, and a couple of other little comments on there. And next thing I know, they're private messaging me basically saying, do you want to keep it going? And I said, yes. <laughs> much, much to the wife's disappointment. <laughs> so so what, what, why did you come up with the name then? Because it was obviously... So Devon so, Howlers, isn't it? So Devon Howlers actually came from... I run a couple of local Facebook groups. Um, the first one was where I was living at the time, which is called South Brent Howlers. Um, and that was my original Facebook group. And then when we moved back to where I'm living now, which is back in Ivybridge, is where I've lived most of my life, um, I then started up in Ivybridge Howlers. So the Howlers was already in place from these these Facebook groups. So obviously when this came about with the Noonan Bark and uh, the racing side of it, it it just made sense to do a... A, con- a county one of Devon Howlers, which is where it came from. That's so, good. It's, um, so, is it, so is it just based in Devon? Um, the what the way I work it is the South Brent one is a, just for local people of South Brent. That's just literally a village one. The Irish one is a little bit more anyone can join to a degree. Devon Howlers is literally yeah, although it's called Devon Howlers. I mean, I've got people from all over the world to be honest that's that's on it so although i try and keep it local to the uk there are other people obviously from elsewhere that's on there no so you so when you do your events so you other people can come to it like a um you know i could come down and do it take part oh yeah i mean our our events basically the way that we we look at it now is that the core people um, to keep us going are our locals. Um, The reality is, although to us it doesn't make sense, you normally find that anything goes on in Devon struggles. Number-wise, you go past Bristol and you go up country and you'll have events up there with two, three, four hundred people. But for some reason, people don't like coming past Bristol unless they're going on holiday. No, I'm from Bristol originally. Well, I'm from Bath, so uh, I don't mind coming down. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so our, our our aim is always on the locals. Yeah. But, I mean, we've got we've had people from Scotland come down, um, Nottingham, you know, loads of different areas. You know, anyone's welcome to race at ours, but obviously that's not what we cater for. 
we cater more for more the local people because we like to keep it a fun local environment yeah so but yeah at the end of the day um we've got a course that's worth coming to <laughs> are you going to tell us more yeah tell, tell us a little <laughs> bit about that then go on then what's it like um you won't find another course like it in the uk <laughs> yes that way we um we don't do things easy i mean to be honest actually our our newest course is actually probably has been dialed back um because Newnham Park or Newnham Park, sorry, which is the venue where we actually race. Um, the event is called Newnham Bark, and that actually came from Fully Sus, which is the people that ran it before. And mm-hmm. we just name on. But to be honest, I think it's a brilliant name. So duck. Glad that's not my dogs. <laughs> Michelle's just muted. Yeah, sorry, that's Poppy. There's outside. <laughs> but um but yeah, our our course. Um, if you don't do hills, don't bother coming. We love a hill. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, one of the courses we had, um, we actually one of our original courses, we had a, a a hill called the Lungbuster, and I had great fun of putting signage up so far along on this sign saying, "Are you having fun yet?" <laughs> <laughs> Nearly halfway. And little little notes like that because it was so demoralising. It was such a long stretch of hill, um, but uh, but unfortunately we don't use that that actual climb anymore. So, um, we we make it more interesting. We have what we call the route ladder. So it's a track which basically goes up into the woods, um, full of roots. There's a bomb hole in there. If you, do you know what a bomb hole is? No, but I can imagine. <laughs> Yeah, it's basically like a big dip. So you come off the edge into a big dip and then you come out the other side. So, um, yeah, at the moment we're using the the, um, the route ladder as part of the 5K and the 8K course. And they come down what we call the tram lines. We've got names for all parts of the courses. We've got the caravan graveyard. We've even got Star Wars run, the bit with no name because we couldn't be bothered to work out a name for it. So we actually call it the bit of no name um, bit that we don't use at the moment. It's called the haunted woods, which is a beautiful single track section. Um, but most of our course is made up of like single track stuff that's in, you know stuff that's really interesting for the dog. Because and, no, sorry, I was going to say, but you don't just do canny cross, do you? No, no, we do a bit of everything. Um, one of our competitors um, actually built a bridge for us because um, we have a river that goes along, which separates um, two sides of the actual venue. So um, the rigs could only race on one side of the actual course because we do rigs, scooters, uh, bike jaw, canny cross. Uh, we do the lot, basically. So you, one of the only, apart from Scotland, are there many rig courses? Because I've not heard of many. Yeah, uh, NETB. Right, yeah. Yeah, they they, they run the rigs. Um, there's some couple of up country. Yeah, um, oh, I can't think what it's called. One of the guys is racing up there. 
But yeah, there's more than you think when you look into mm-hmm. it. Yeah, there mm-hmm. is, but not down this way. No. So, not- so you're, you're doing that sort of bit, which is quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what we, the problem we used to have was because we ran only on one side of the river, um, we had a section where they had to go out round a roundabout and then back on themselves before they could do the rest of the course to make the course a bit longer for them. So it restricted our time scale for sending them out. Luckily, now the bridge is there. We don't have to run that. And their course is roughly 3.7K, which is, is not bad for a rig course. Not okay. massive, not bad. But yours, so we were talking to Canex um, races and they they do single straps and, and I've done a couple of theirs and they're, they're purely canny cross and they're really technical. And their single tracks, really narrow single tracks through woods. And I've seen some of the footage of Natalie, who's been on our podcast before. <laughs> going, yeah, that Peter's you laughing. Like <laughs> so some of those look quite hard. For, I mean, uh, you're not going to get me on a bike with the dog pulling anyway. But, um, <laughs> but um, Trust are, me. They, are they really technical Your for, for bikes, especially? Um. I actually got told to dial back. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. Um, with my German Shepherd, she's called Kona. And when I was taking her out in a day, I mean, she, she's retired now. I've got a new dog that I run who's um, interesting. <laughs> really good. But she would do anything. And there used to be a place up in Wales that we used to stay. And there was a bike park near there. And we used to go over and ride the bike park where you're talking near, people think I'd be crazy because we were going down nearly sheer drops and she would run down that and she, I would just follow the direction she was going in. So course-wise, um, Noonan isn't as extreme as I would potentially like it, but we've got to take into account everybody. Yeah. yeah. Which is why we, we dialed about, there's, there's a couple of places where, um, there's some absolutely beautiful descents on a bike with a dog, but there's no way I could ever put them in because you've got to take in the technical ability of other people. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we have, we, we've, we've even the course we're doing now has been dialed back um, just to give it a bit more of a broader, a broader course, but we run three different courses now. So we have a 3.7K, which is for all disciplines. Um, we do a 5K, which is for bike drawing canny cross. And then we do an 8K, which is currently just for canny cross. Although it would make a very, very good bike draw course. <laughs> I'm uh, sure you'll get it in there somehow. <laughs> it's, it's the categories. Because we're only a small event running too many categories on too many different um categories on different courses it's not it's not worth it you might have two people on the bike draw turn up to do the 8k because yeah. they're training doing 5k so we have to take that into consideration that's uh yeah that's true so who is your event a beginner's event or can beginners come along or it's for everyone is okay. I mean we Ben Ben Robinson um he loves coming to our event and we love having him. Um but on the flip side, yeah, um 
I would say our 3.7K course is a very good um, course for a beginner. Very good course. It's not overly technical because we've dialed it back. Yeah. So you've got a mixture of far road, open field, um, single track. Um, it's, li- it's got literally a little bit of everything. And with the, the bike jaw category, um, it was very, very well received because it's quite a flat course as well. For us, it's a flat course. Whereas the, the 5K course, um, although we've had lesser experienced people ride it and they absolutely love it, it is more for more, slightly more experienced people, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, we don't, I don't know, but we're not a competitive club, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know people are. It's nature of the beast. Everybody in the sport wants to beat somebody's time, come first, um, likes to get their personal bests and all that kind of thing. And that's fine. But that's not the approach we take to the event. Our event is all about making sure the priority is, is that the dog comes and absolutely loves it. I don't care about the competitor. It's the dog. As long as the dog enjoy our course then that is the main thing to be honest and they do they absolutely love it because it's such a variety um let's face it dogs don't mind going uphill especially if they've got somebody running behind them because they they haven't got the pace and it, there's su- it's such an interesting course for the dogs that 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 is what we we aim to do to be honest i know the competitor they pay for it and all the rest of it but yeah it is more about making sure the dogs have a good time yeah, oh, that sounds brilliant. So, so tell us a little bit about the race itself then. So when is it? Um, how many people do you normally get on it? What's the start like? You know, tell us about the actual race. Right. Um, we, at the moment, we run um, four as a race series. Mm-hmm. Then our last event of the year is a one-off. And we run that as a course change. That's our normal system. So. Mm-hmm. First, our first events in October, and then we've got one in November, one in January, one in February, and then our one-off is in April. Yeah. Um, we're very, 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 we're very relaxed <laughs> on our attitude towards starts. The only one that has a a time start is the rigs. Okay. And the reason for that is we give them start times because they have got a big number of dogs potentially to get together because they can run anywhere between two to six dogs on our course. Yeah, we need to give them a little bit of um, know what they're working for. Yeah. So they'll have a they'll have a start time. So they might have say seven thirty, seven thirty five, seven forty times like that. Yeah. But when it comes. Sorry, I was, I was just interested in there. Do rigs overtake each other or is it just literally they go fast enough anyway so you don't have that problem? Um, they have the potential to catch up and overtake the, uh, take each other. Um, because of the way the course is, there are places where they can overtake okay. each other. Yeah. No, uh, I, was just, I was just interested, sorry. <laughs> but, but why? Because, I mean, our, our rig courses, we only have on average about 10 people that race at the moment. And because of the time um, ability to fit them in, 
I wouldn't be able to have more than probably 15 or 20 rig people race. Yeah. Because obviously there's a lot of um, restriction on the time gap. Um, so we try and work it out that we know who's going to be the quickest person. We know who's going to be the slowest person because they come on a regular basis. Yeah. So we can work that around them. So we always make sure it's not, I wouldn't call it seeded. I would say it's just a case of, I know that um, that lady that's coming down is by far the, f- the fastest person. So she'll be going first. Um, we have a few juniors that race. So they normally go on the back of end of it. Um, so we'll have all the adults go out and then we'll send the juniors out after. And to be honest, some of the juniors are actually quicker than the adults. <laughs> What what age juniors do you allow to race then? What age do they have to be? Um, they've got to be, to be honest, age is a, di- age is a difficult one because um, there's a young lad called Jacob, Jacob Burgess. I don't know if you have heard of him. And he's he wasn't allowed to race rigs um, other places for quite a while. And um, we've got a good relationship with him. I've seen his ability on how he handles the dog, how, how he does in training, because I have him on Facebook um, and, and his dad and how good he is. Um, so when they approached me, they're like, look, you know, can we try doing the rig? We know his, his age and the rest of it. We started off with, we used to do what we call a have-a-go, which was yeah. at the end of the racing. And he just went out in that with his dad following on an e-bike. And then from there, it was like, look, I'm quite happy for the size of our course, his abilities, then I've got I've got no no problems with him actually taking apart. So I wouldn't like to say that we've got a defined age. Yeah. I like to know who's doing it because some sometimes, even though you might think, well, oh, that's a bit young, I'm not talking five and six, obviously. I'm talking like, you know, 11, 12, 13. You can just by knowing their history and seeing what they're capable of, I would sooner give them a char- chance than turn around saying, no, you're this age. My um, my statement is you can't race until you're that age. Tough. I would sooner encourage them, give them a chance to do it. If do I you think- do, do you, Sorry, do you do um, juniors for Canicross as well? And do that? Is it the same sort of thing there about the age, or do you have them attached to other people? Or no, we we, we with with the junior county cross, um, it is it's completely different because they can run with their parents, they can run attached. So um, in regards to that, then and because we run the juniors at the end, it doesn't matter if they just walk around. Yeah. So um, they run about two k course. It's not too far. They absolutely love it. And I, I've had it before where the parent or the grandparent's gone out with the child. You get to the finish line, the grandparent and the parent can't keep up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so again, it, it's the same kind of thing with the regards to the age of the child. Again, it's I, I like to get to know the family, get to know what the child's capable of before I would actually say, yeah. But again, because our events are so relaxed, you know, it's 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 we we don't have what I call like defined ages. Yeah, categories. 
you've got a child that really wants to have a go at it, give me a message, give me a chat. I can see them on the day. We can have a chat about it and we go from there, basically. So like I say, we used to do what we call the have a go, which people used to go, but we've, we've dropped the have a go. And what we do now, what we started to do is a training session. So we offer a training session at the end of the Saturday where we practice starts. Um, well, basically, there's been a lot of issues over the years and around about age of a dog for when it races. Yeah. Um, and although it's, it's always going to be um, something that people don't argue about, about what age dogs should be able to run and canny cross and bike jaw, um, we decided that our age, starting age, is 18 months. So it doesn't matter if you bike jaw, you canny cross, you rig is 18 months. Um, and we've done that because obviously different breeds, different development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bigger dogs, small dogs. So I thought, right, okay, so to, to make that easier, we'll just say, sorry, but if your dog's not 18 months, you can't race ours. But you then have people going, yeah, but I want my dog to get the feel of an event and get used to the environment. So we're like, okay, so what we'll do is we'll put in a, a training session. So we then started up a training session. So if you've got a dog that's younger than 18 months, you can come along. You can get the atmosphere of the start because there'll be a few people there. So we literally get you to go off the start line. You run about 10, 15 meters and then wait for everybody to get there. And you come back, you give it another go. So the dog gets the idea of the start line. And then we basically say, right, okay, now we'll just go out and walk the junior course get used to the tape the netting the directions give your dog the um the directions hello sprock give the dog the directions of um you know going left going right stuff like that and just walk the dog around the course so that's the line we're starting to go down which that's, that's really good actually it's a really good idea actually yeah to get people and dogs used to it yeah that's brilliant yeah just, yeah, just, without, without pushing straight into a race environment. Yeah. Because the reality is people will train their dogs younger than 18 months. Yeah. And, that, and that's the reality. So we're trying to help them with the race environment side of it by just saying, well, yeah, you can't race it, but you can come and train at that training session. Yeah. So just going back to your canny cross starts. So we yeah. talked about the rig starts. You're sort of saying they're a relaxed affair. Um, is it a single? Is it a mass start? What? What? How does yours work? We run off a single start. Yeah, so people go out individually. Um, we normally run it on a thirty-second gap. However, we we don't give people race times. Right. Okay. So what I'll do is once I know how many people are racing for that weekend, which is normally the weekend before. I will then put up start times for each event. And I normally send out the, the rigs first, then what I'd call the wheels, then the canny cross. And I might put down the, um, the wheels start is, say, nine o'clock till half past nine. So they've got a window of half an hour to come over to the start line to then go out and do their race. 
And the reason I do that is because one of the most stressful things you can do when you when you go into an event is having that time saying, right, I've got to be there at X amount of time for my start. And I, I mean, I'm talking to friends. They're like, I nearly missed my start because I was on the way there. My chain fell off or, you know, my dog decided it wanted to go to the toilet. It was doing this, doing that, you know. And it's like, just take that stress away and just say to people, right, Canny Cross, you guys are going out to say 10 o'clock till quarter to 11. You've got 45 minutes to get to our start line. My recommendation is that if you're a quick runner and you're in for it to get a good time, come early. If you've got a nervous, reactive dog and you're worried about crowds, come later. And come, and come about, you know, come near the end of when that window is because it'll be quiet. So you won't have an issue of all these dogs and all that atmosphere of height, animals and people going out because you can just come over when it's quieter. And it actually works really well, really well. I was going to ask that because I know um, the one good thing I quite like about start time, and I tend to run into my start time and start <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so pros and cons of that. But actually, if you have got a reactive dog, then you don't have to queue up. But but your your starts, if they come to the late, tend to be quieter then. Yeah. Yeah. Because you normally find that if I turn around and say to everybody, 10 o'clock's the start time, you'll find that everyone that is 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 very keen, experienced, I want to get out there, they'll all turn up at that 10 o'clock start time. So then you might have a run of, say, I don't know, 20, 30 people in a line waiting to go, which is what they're, ex- what they're used to if they're racing away. The only difference is they're not on that on a, a start time of it. Yeah, they're just in a queue waiting to come out. Then once that mass of people has gone, the people that have got the nervous dog or they're new to the sport and they're nervous about being in the way of other people, you know, they can then come later when it's quieter and then just go out and enjoy the course. Because mm-hmm. at the end, that, that, that is what it's about, is about people going out and just enjoying running somewhere where they can't normally run. Um, and if they want to race against their own times, they can. You know, if they want to run in the championship and try and do well in the championship, they can. But the pressure is more on just going out and having fun and enjoying it. So, Michelle, would that suit you more? Because Michelle hasn't raced yet. We say this every time. Right. <laughs> and she, she has a very reactive dog. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm genuinely worried about putting her in a race environment, if I'm quite honest, because she gets yeah. so hyped up. Um, but that sounds really relaxed, and it sounds like you're really accommodating. Yeah. Yeah, we do try. The missus is on <laughs> but we do try. <laughs> so do your events run over one day, two days, or how does it work? Yeah, so um, the Friday is our setup day. So we, we, you know, people can turn up for camping on the Friday. I, I ask people to normally get after three o'clock on the Friday. But they can turn up on the Friday to stay the Friday night. Racing starts Saturday morning. Um, both our um, race days is really just Saturday and Sunday morning. We don't normally go into the afternoon. Uh, there's just no need, to be honest. Uh, we always run it on rigs up first, then bikes, then canny cross. 
we did make a change, um, which we quite like actually, um, to how our format was working. Because obviously we race Saturday and Sunday. And what we were doing is we'd categorize it on the Saturday and then categorize it on the Sunday. But we've we've changed it a little bit. So on the Saturday, you'd run um rigs, bike jaw, canny cross, 5k, 5Ks. The canny cross would be the 5k and the 8k. Once they're done, we would then do the short course, bike jaw or wheels, and canny cross. Then when they're done, we run the juniors. Uh, and that works well because you've got some people that might want to do, say, the bike jaw 5k and then run the short course after with another dog. So that works well on the Saturday. But what we were finding is, um, selfishly for us, we weren't finishing packing up until 7, 8 o'clock at night. So we're like, right, okay. So came up with the idea of on the Sunday, you have your rigs. Then we send the bike jaw out. But the bike jaw, you do you can do either course. Right. The course is set up. We've got arrows in place and markers so that you can actually go out and do a 5K and the 3.7K at the same time because they just split off at certain places and then rejoin back up. So we send the bike jaw all out together, the wheels all out together, and then we send all the canny cross out together because it's the same with the 8K. So it we then means then that we can have, have everybody sent out by half 10, 11 o'clock. So they're but they, every- can't, but they can't do two dogs if they're if they wanted to. They can oh, if they're, they're gonna wheel and run, they yeah, can. Yeah. They you know, they can't run, say, um the short course and the long course and say canny cross, but they can on Saturday. So they've got that option to do that on a Saturday and then they just need to choose what they want to do on the Sunday. And it works. And to be honest, it's, it's worked quite well for us doing it that way. So. It's good. Do you like, have, sorry, I was going to say, do you, what do you do with medals and podiums? Is, uh, do you do that for each, for each weekend or is it uh, just for the series? No, we do it for the series. Um, the the weekends, uh, I have been. I'm not sure if I'm going to for this season, but I make the medals myself. I actually use wood from Noonham, chop it up, uh, sand it all down, um, put Noonham Bark logo on there, put the ribbons on there, and make, actually hand make the medals. But it is not, not a commitment but it is well received. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, what we do is on the one-off event, that's when we give the results from the championship for the four events from before. So and the way the championship works is we look at, because the reality is not everyone can race a whole weekend. Yeah. People might be able to make the Saturday, can't make the Sunday or vice versa. So the way we run the, our championship is we look at your fastest time for that weekend. So if you've only raced a Saturday or only raced a Sunday, that will be your fastest time. Yeah. So we look at the fastest time from that weekend and that's then obviously how we work out the table and who's 
who's in first place, who's in last place for each weekend. And then that table's then added up over the season. So I'm like, Sprock, dogs, who would have them? And that, that then obviously works out over the season. And then we have the results that we give out and we give out prizes on the one-off. Brilliant. So we've been asking this of all the events, people that we've been interviewing, um, and we'll we'll ask you the same. So we've been talking a lot about climate in our um, podcasts recently. Is that something that you you think about, that you actively make changes, you know, to your event when you're when you're thinking of putting on a big event like this over various weekends? Does it come into into play? I could care less about climate. No, I'm only joking. Um, <laughs> so one of the things that we've um, really tried to push towards is one of the biggest issues we have is the amount of tape we use. Mm. Tape is, um, we've, I mean, to a degree, we've probably over-taped our events um, just because we try and make it idiot-proof. Because it's so technical. Yeah. Yeah, we, we really have to make sure that people know exactly where they're going. Um, but we, um, we've we been pulling away from the tape and we're just literally going to arrows, which is obviously reusable. Yeah. So um, that's probably the biggest thing that we do. Um, however, um, when it comes to the medals, like I say, yeah. I, I make all them. Um, the we don't use cable ties for the bikes and the wheels. We use these little uh, wire blue reusable um, uh, strips, I suppose you're called, where you can actually use them to tie it on and undo them again and reuse them. Um, all the stuff that the competitors get comes in a brown paper bag, so there's not a plastic bag or anything like that. So we, we have tried to reduce as much as we can. Yeah, oh, that's great. No, that's, no, that's really good, and it sounds like you're doing lots of lots of exciting things. It sounds like a, a great course. So, what would your sort of why should people come and do your event? Because people would be listening to this all over the place. <laughs> so, what makes it special? Right, if they want to try something different, if they're up for a challenge. And um, it's crazy. I get this question all the time. <laughs> but yeah, we basically we don't do easy. If you want to come to somewhere that's challenging that your dog will enjoy, um, and you you're not interested in what I would call racing, you just want to come to an event, run somewhere different, and have fun then, yeah, we're definitely an event to consider. Definitely. That's, no, that's great, isn't it? And I, you can go going on your holiday when you do it. <laughs> your winter holiday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, w- 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 one of the standing jokes is that you can guarantee it's going to rain at Newnham, which makes it even more interesting. <laughs> uh, but we're, we're very, we're very lucky. Um the play our venue used to be um a world mountain bike um course and um it drains really really well 
So even so, so, so even when the conditions are really bad, um, there hasn't been an event yet where we've been like, oh, the conditions are that bad, we need to cancel. Yeah, because we are very lucky in how well the place drains. That's excellent. Excellent. Well, Peter, it's been fantastic to learn about the Devon Howlers events. Um, really, I'm, I'm going to try and get down to one. I know I keep being told that I should. <laughs> and we might be able to get Michelle down. We need to go on a bit of recce, Michelle, around all the Yeah, events. we do, don't we? Yeah. I mean, going on that, it is crazy that um, people don't come down because we're down in Devon. And I did have a conversation with um, um, somebody who's quite into, obviously, stuff. And she said to me, she said, you know, people from the Midlands area will will think nothing of going up to Scotland for an event. Very true. But they won't won't come to Devon. Even though we are technically, we would be closer. And because of where we're situated, we're right off pretty much within... 10 15 minutes of the A38. Yeah. So lots of lanes and a nightmare to get to are quite easily accessible. Mm-hmm. But people just won't come to us because they think, oh, it's Devon. I'm not going all the way down to Devon. Well, you never know, Peter. This season you might see lots of us coming down and you'll be like, <laughs> why did I do that? <laughs> I'll be putting out I'm restricting numbers now, by the way. <laughs> What? Where can people find you, um, Peter? We'll put it in the show notes, but just tell us where we can find you to follow you, to enter, to, to whatever. The website is Devon Howlers. If you type in devonhowlers.com, then that would be for the website. Um, if you type in Noonan Bark or Devon Howlers on Facebook, then um, you'll find the page, which is, Devon, which is Noonan Bark, and then the group is Devon Howlers. Yeah, that's excellent. Well, Peter, thank you so much for your time and to telling us all about the Devon Howlers events. We're uh, we really appreciate that. And again, everyone, if you want to find out more about it, it'll be in the show notes below. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We will see you on the next one. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. And if you get a moment, please leave us a review. We'll see you next time on Canny Cross Conversations. Thank you to our sponsor, Get Stronger, Run Faster 5K. Find out more about the course at the link in the show notes. It's great for canny crossers and runners to improve their 5K time and keep up with the dogs. And it will really help you to enjoy running more and avoid injury.